Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I want to be the warrior, but most people say I'm a child or a fool. He carries the ways of Lasan inside him. It's Mike. How's it going, Mike? I am well. Hello Sweet. and <laughs> welcome to Rebels Rebels. Very gruff. <laughs> I am well. Uh, this show that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Yes, yes. Our guest today is a contributor to Wikipedia. Ever heard of it? Product marketing manager at Fandom and is the keeper of the official Wikipedia Twitter account. It's Brandon Ray. What's up? How's it going? I'm really happy to be able to finally tell people what Wikipedia is because, like, it's not oh ubiquitous at all in this fandom. Really? Yeah. No. I can't. It's like no that. one's ever heard of it. It's so weird. Oh my yeah, gosh! It's a, small, it's a small company. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've never referenced it. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically, I'm sure we're Wikipedia the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, don't so, sue us. <laughs> that is so much what our deep dives are basically <laughs> like. Mm, what's the right word Wikipedia? I've got to ask you. Um, do you is there anything like especially weird that you've come across on Wikipedia? Like either like some obscure fact or some weird edit that someone tried to make. This is probably going to get me in a little bit of trouble, but there's uh, <laughs> there's always certain pages like. A page talk defining what a chair is like i think a, a chair is a chair no matter what galaxy you're in so it's always a, a little strange to me that those kinds of pages exist yeah so i would suggest maybe not checking out our episode where we talked about a wood chair on the ghost for 10 minutes mm. actually that makes me want to re uh, watch it more oh good 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 cool um sweet so um, do you want to just jump into this? You ready, Mike? Yeah, let's do it. Brandon, you yeah, ready? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So this is how we start off every episode <laughs> is we read the synopsis from wikipedia yeah thanks. <laughs> thanks to intel from the space pirate hondo the ghost crew rescue two lasat from imperial clutches these survivors believe zeb is the key to a prophecy that will lead to a new home for their kind but zeb conflicted and ashamed of his failure to save lasan has little faith mm. that's deep it is wow that's good it's that, that's is that what with <laughs> So the episode starts on Nixus Hub 218, which I don't know if you know, but Mike, we have been here before. I don't remember. This is uh, where As Morgan hangs out. So when uh, <laughs> Hondo and As Morgan went to do that trade, is is on this area. This is where the Goblin King hangs out. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, what, so. what was that? That was Brothers of the Broken Horn. That episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, when they like launched all those people into space to their death. Oh my god! Uh, classic Star Wars. <laughs> classic mass. <movie. laughs> yep. Um, so Ezra receives a tip from one of his contacts. We don't know who. He's a contact and leads the crew of the Ghost to Nixus Hub Two Eighteen, where his contact says that there are two refugees held prisoner by the Galactic Empire. Were you? Was anyone really disappointed? I guess I should have saw who the contact was going to be. Hello, hello. I should have saw that coming. I was surprised by it. I, honestly, I've turned all the way around on, on Hondo. I used to not like him at all. Do you know what? I didn't either. And for some reason, his jokes are landing for me now. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny, actually. And they didn't used to. I think in my first watch, I, they didn't land. And something's happened in my life where he's funny all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so... I thought, yeah, I thought this was kind of a cool little outpost. I liked the, I liked the design of it because I don't think we saw the exterior before. It's kind of just like a little like bubble on a moon or something like that, mm. which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I also there there's some advertisements in the Nixus yeah. Hub. Did you translate them? I did. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I did too. It's okay. funny. What what did you get? I lo I love this. Um. Okay. From well, the only I didn't. I only, I got only one translated the first line. I was like that's tight because it just says blue milk yep so this <laughs> the second line is blue milk at markets everywhere <laughs> oh that God. explains a lot 
Yeah. So I kind of like the idea too, because I always just thought like blue milk was like a, like a, oh, I'm a farmer and I'm going to milk my blue cow and we're, that's just how we live on the range. But I guess it's like you just buy ubiquitous. blue milk it's in ubiquitous. the grocery store. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Or maybe it's like a Whole Foods kind of thing that we're like, oh, we're going to sell goat's milk now. And I'm <laughs> super into that. It's like all the rage these days. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It's like organic <laughs> free trade. So I was like, yeah, blue milk is great. That's awesome. Um, so Zeb is shocked to find the prisoners. They are too Lasat. Dun dun dun. Zeb thought he was the only one of his race left, and so they quickly attack and free the two Lasat prisoners. Yeah. Um. I. I. Do you know what's funny? And this is probably because I just watched rewatched Solo since it just came out. Mm-hmm. But this scene totally reminds me of the scene where. Uh, Chewie sees all the Wookiees. Uh, oh yeah! That, like has like that, you know, that visceral reaction where it's like has to free them. Totally. And then this scene is totally reminded me of that, like uh, him seeing, you know, his people and having that similar reaction. Yeah. But it's so funny, like the difference with Chewie is that even though like Zeb freed them, like as he naturally would. There was still this sense of like, oh, why are you, what are you guys doing here? Like my life was easier before you showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Very so not so. chewy. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I like that Zeb kind of hulks out. Um, it kind of felt like very, yeah, gut reaction. Yeah. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then also Kanan, it's Kanan's turn to execute someone. He just like coyly walks up behind a dude and shoots him in the <laughs> Yeah. No. Which is also, this brings up another thing too. So, it's very inconsistent when they kill people and stun them because so Zeb knocks a bunch of people out, just punches them. Ezra stuns someone and like knocks them unconscious, but Kanan just walks up and murders someone. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, do we not talk about this? I thought we were killing. What the? Just a mix up on gun settings. Maybe he's using the force to like make moral like quandaries clear. He's like, good person or is it a good person or a bad person? <laughs> It's like a video game. He's got like a heads up display in his eyes and it's telling him like kill yeah. or stun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. He, yeah. Maybe Kanan's like the Dexter of his. World, like, <laughs> like so many extra yeah. layers to Star Wars Rebels now that you said that. Oh, jeez. That's dark. <laughs> yeah, it is dark. Sorry. Yeah. That's why he doesn't let anyone in his room. It's covered in like plastic so the blood doesn't get everywhere. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like ruin your kitchen. <laughs> you mentioned this, Mike, but the mysterious condo, the mysterious contact, mysterious condo, the mysterious condo Onaka. <laughs> it's Hondo Onaka. Is the condo Onaka? Could have warned me the Empire was here. Ah, but I sold the Lasats to the Empire, knowing the heroes would save the day. <laughs> you being the heroes, of course. Hondo is your contact. To be fair, he contacted me. Yes, to be fair. Again, I was like, he's like, he's really grown on me. I officially, I'm officially stating it. I really like Hondo. <laughs> okay. And it's just like, these, he's like, hello, hello. Like all these people just got killed. He's like, hi, buds. What's up? <laughs> this was clearly all part of my plan the whole time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I like when. I like when someone in the back and Kanan says, well, or Ezra goes, to be fair. And then Honda goes, yes, to be fair. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's kind of funny. Actually. Yeah. Um, also, he slips in a line here that they don't really like linger on at all. But he mentions that he sold the Lasat knowing that the rebels would yeah. come rescue him. So he's baloney. Yeah, I don't believe that. Baloney, baloney. <laughs> that's, that's like messed up, too. So he's getting in the slave trade now. Yeah, didn't Jorah Mormond get like he got like he couldn't go back to Bear he Island banished. because he did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he was banished because of that. Yeah, but we're not going to banish Hondo. No. Okay. Well, I'm um, not going to get a shot with the Dragon Queen. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a random fact about these two Lasat survivors and some and a not random fact. Okay. Not random fact are their names are Gron and Chava the Wise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They say they know Zeb because of his station as captain of the high honor guard, which is news to the crew because he never told anyone he was so high up in the honor guard. I knew these two belonged with that one. It is him, Captain Aurelius. By the Ashla, the prophecy. Captain? Yes, Captain Gerizeb Aurelius of the Lasan High Honor Guard. <laughs> A reunion! I was right again. How wonderful. The random fact is, did you both know that Dryden Voss was going to originally be Lasat? I did hear that. Yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. if, because I knew that, you know, Michael K. Williams from The Wire... Um, yeah. Boardwalk Empire was originally going to be the bad guy, probably Dryden, but he couldn't do the reshoots. Yeah, I remember that hearing that. And I was so bummed because he's cool. Yeah, he's great. Um, but I wonder if that was if he was going to play the Lasat. Wow, I didn't know sick. that that they were going to do a Lasat. I wish they would have followed through with that. I always wondered like how that would translate to live action though, because it's like it's mm. a very stylized animation. Yeah. That like how do you make like, that look yeah. real? Would totally. they go? I would have hoped they would have just been like gone totally goofy and been like, let's just get Jim Henson back. <laughs> let's just let's just dark crystal this thing. That would be great, man. I will say that, and I'll talk about this more. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I find this episode to be successful, to have some really successful moments, is I think it's really interesting to finally get Zeb like juxtaposed to other Lasats. Mm-hmm. Um, because he looks, he's, now that I have people to compare him to, he's a very formidable, like, at least physically imposing figure. Yeah. Yeah. And before, he was kind of goofy and lanky to me, and now I'm seeing him in a little bit of a different light. Yeah. Um, yeah, He could totally beat up that little woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Chava the Wise, um, she is a revered master of the Lasat culture. That's her AKA, actual. AKA space Lasat Betty White. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically it com- they're basically like wizards that are strong in the force and th- she carries a thing called an Ashla staff. Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wizard. Um, so according to fantasy flight games, force and destiny role-playing game, which is where we get a lot of random info. These staffs were created and imbued with force powers by Theoloian dignitaries. I don't know how to say that. Theoloian dignitaries. And they were given to the Lasat. Um, so there's this other race that's very strong in the force. They imbued these staffs with force power and then gave it to these wise masters. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple Theoloian Jedis. Um, they, they're not of note, but they kind of look like they have like turtle scales on their heads and weird droopy white tendrils. Hanging down. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So look that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> look it up. Sure. Right. Um, but Zeb, they say that they know who Zeb is and Zeb knows who Chava is. But I like that uh, Gron is like, I served under you. Don't you remember me? He's like, no. I think you look familiar, but yeah. I don't know if I really believe him on that one. Mm-hmm. He's like, I used you as a reference on my resume. <laughs> you were my boss. Did you get my LinkedIn request? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, write something about me. Yeah. Um, and then another good Hondo line, he asks for a finder's fee from Ezra, and he's like, you're never going to get a finder's fee. And he's like, oh, so proud. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. yeah. That's actually one of the things that endears me more to him is that he's self-aware mm-hmm. of his, like, he's not naive to what he's pulling. I don't yeah. know. I think that's good. Um, so as the rebels leave, which is like a second later, like one second later, a bunch of stormtroopers detain Hondo. Um, and freeze. And he's like, oh, I'm always happy to help the Empire or whatever <laughs> like that. So they're walking through the halls. Um, I noticed. So I've seen this a couple times in Rebels. and I need to look it up. I didn't see what it is, but you there's uh, one commander that has like a black pauldron, like the shoulder guard. Have you seen that anywhere else in Star Wars before? Yeah. Well, I've oh. seen the orange one because the orange one means you're like a lieutenant or something like that. Actually, now that right after I said yeah in my head, I went to where I've seen it and it's like video games and toys. So actually, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll have to make a note to find out what that black pauldron is because I think it looks kind of cool actually. 
Do you know, Brandon? No, I can't think of it. Like, I can only think of the orange ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, um, yeah. But as they're walking through the halls, they start talking about the prophecy of the prophecy of Lyrasan. Uh, Chava says that the planet Lyrasan was written about in ancient Lasat writings and was hidden on a safe planet where their people, it is a hidden safe planet where their people can start anew. Mm, only the rain. Yeah, I know, right? I wrote that as my next note. Uh, this is so Battlestar Galactica. And there's so much later in the episode that makes it even more feel like Battlestar Galactica. Like that Seriously. vibe is just through this whole episode. The music yeah. even is yeah. pretty Battlestar. Like I, I, I'm jumping the gun here, but the music, like the single violin, at the same time it was both like James Howard Newton, like the, the composer who did like, it reminded me of The Village mm. in a way, that kind of single <laughs> violin. But also Battlestar has moments like that of like the single instrument playing that makes this very eerie feel. Yeah. Um, like if you, if I didn't know that Kevin Kiner was recording this episode, recording the music of this episode, I would have assumed it was Bear McCreary. Like it sounds exactly mm-hmm. like his work. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is referential, it's not like direct, so directly referential of something that it's. Uh, yeah, it's not derivative. But it's, uh, yeah, no, totally. But it, it works really well. I think it's cool. I don't. I can't remember any other time, at least up until this point of Rebels, where we've. There's been this kind of that musical vibe, so I like it. Um, have I, Mike? Have I ever? I'm sure I haven't told you, Brandon. Mike, have I ever told you about when? Yes, yes. I, <laughs> yes the yes. only time I've ever geeked out in my entire life at a famous person was I was at Disneyland, and the creator of Battlestar Galactica, Ron Moore, was in the gift shop, and I had broken my ankle and I was in a wheelchair, and I like wheeled up to him weekly. <laughs> I was like, "Excuse me, did you create Battlestar Galactica?" <laughs> And he was like, yes, I did. It was actually kind of funny because I feel like he never gets recognized. So he, he kind of just chatted with me for 15 minutes until That's I incredible. was like, all right, good to, I'll see you later. Bye. I bet the wheelchair helped. Probably. He's like, oh, what's wrong with this guy? That's great, though. I love That's that. really cool. Yeah, he was so nice. And the coolest thing was I was, uh, I was watching it. I was in the middle of a second watch through with my wife and we had taken a break to go to Disneyland. And our plan was to go back and finish like season two that night. And I was like, oh, oh my wife is watching it for the first time. We're going to go watch it right after that. I probably, that's what we're going to do. He's like, I love the evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm like getting happy thinking about it right now. It's that's just great. sweet, man. Oh. Anyway, check out Battlestar Galactic if you haven't. I love that show. Um, my next note, I don't really remember what I was referring to, but I wrote a sassy stormtrooper follows Hondo to the rebels and informs Callus. There is totally a a sassy stormtrooper. And I wrote down that I was like, does this stormtrooper have a Brooklyn accent? Yeah. If you go back and listen to him, his voice is so distinctly different from any stormtroopers I've heard. Yeah. The rebels are headed to base C-62. All units mobilized to intercept. Yeah. I'll put the audio in the episode because I don't really remember what he said, but it's like I, looking back at it, I feel like he's like, Sup, sucker? Where you at, man? <laughs> but it's probably not that pronounced, but it was very shocking. I feel like it had to have been like Dave Filoni's buddy. It's like, hey, could I be a stormtrooper? <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's funny. Maybe it's because I'm from the Northeast, but like, I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so it's, it's i think those things stand out so much because the, all the stormtroopers kind of have the same uniform like hey there what's up well, it's what like the doing? same three guys recording all the voices too totally. yeah. so if one yeah. new person comes in i know he probably just has like a slight different cadence to voice. Yeah. Like, why is this voice so weird what's going on this doesn't sound like steve bloom what's happening yeah <laughs> um but so he, the sassy stormtrooper, makes Hondo give up his friends. Hondo also takes a very, he like calls it Ezra to warn him that stormtroopers are coming on the line, but he really takes his time. He's like, hey, Ezra, what's up? Yeah, nothing, nothing here. Just hanging out. Um, Just one. Oh, they're there. Bye. Like, really didn't help help them with that warning. At There's all. only so yeah. many characters in Star Wars who can pull off like, quadruple cross in a course of like 20 minutes and hondo is one of them 
seriously. There's no way why why we should like this guy, but he's just so endearing about him. I know, right? Um, but the rebels are pinned in the corridor by those stormtroopers, and I really liked that Hondo sneaks behind them like the Grinch, yeah. straight up on his tippy toes. Hello. So the first time I watched that episode, I don't think I noticed that, but when I was rewatching it this morning, I was like, "Oh, that's so funny." Oh no, it was funny. Yeah, it was uh-huh. really good. Um, yeah, hello, and then closes the blast doors. I love that. And so he locks the stormtroopers. Um, he he's able to corridor them off from the rebels and save his friends. But this time, the jig is up, and Hondo is arrested. And I love his line there too, where he's just like, "Oh, this does look incriminating, doesn't it?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there it is. He's so self-aware. I love it. Um. So the rebels make it back on the ghost with Zeb. I also like this touch that they're running from the remaining stormtroopers, and Zeb is carrying Chava, the old (laughs) football, under his arm. Uh, But pretty big. Yeah, I know. I just go show how strong he is. Yeah. Um. So they make it back on the ghost. They get out of there, and right as they're leaving, Callus shows up in one of his little cruisers. But the ghost is already on its way out to hyperface and they blast right by him. And I love you get one of those moments with Constantine, who's such like a petty jerk. He's like, I'm pretty sure that was them. Like, I know. (laughs) Go away. It's always stating (laughs) obvious to look at. Um, So they are back. We're back on the ghost. They're just kind of cruising their area, trying to figure out where they're going to drop these people off. Like, all right, where's where's this Lyrison place? Let's go. And Chava says that they don't know where Lyrison is. And Zeb says it's because it doesn't exist. Whoa. Okay. So question. <laughs> she then goes into the lore of the Lasat, right? About yes. how it's foretold where the this, you know, this this planet where they're gonna uh re inhabit and rebuild is going to be. And there's all this there seems to be all this like yeah, lore behind it mm-hmm. and prophecy, right? Almost like it's like their scripture. Yeah. So if I'm getting this right then, and I don't know how old these prophecies are, mm-hmm. Zeb is like their chosen one. I guess so. Basically. Well, she says there's... Because so that... it's pretty freaking epic if that's true to how under whelming i mean this all is like zeb is the chosen one mm-hmm. right well it's confusing and this will get to an underlying issue i have that i want to bring up but so the prophecy is basically she says that the fool will lead the warrior to hunt the child and they'll find their new home if the child saves the fool and the warrior which is convoluted okay um, so maybe it's vague enough where everyone can kind of be the chosen one yeah and she says like needed. she's like many people are the fool and many people are the warrior like yeah, so maybe it true. just has to be just any combination of fools and warriors and children okay well then that makes the prophecy a little weak then yeah. kind of just it kind of just turns it into a horoscope like someone will do good today <laughs> well that's uh, this this is the greater point i realized that i hate prophecies just like as a blanket statement, like I th- I've I've brought up that I love mysticism before, I, and I still do. Like I like all the weird force stuff and all the like you know mysticism. Um, that stuff's interesting to me. But anytime you start bringing out like the like the, and then on the seventh day of the equinox, the raven will come down and drop a ball in the basket, and then we will be led to the portal between dimensions. I'm just like, oh god. What don't you like about prophecies? I just feel like it's like you a cop like out. Like from a writing okay. standpoint, it's just like, all right, so how are we going to find this hidden planet? Uh, make a there's there's some ancient writing. Someone wrote something down a long time ago that says about it. Okay, cool, that's our story. Like it, okay. just, it just seems lazy to me. All right, I'm asking because I don't know. Uh, because I've seen them, I've seen them in literature and film be used successfully, and I've mm-hmm. seen them be used, yeah, almost similarly as a cop out, yeah. where I think it's been successful. Harry Potter. Harry Potter's I mean, definitely what the whole, Okay. That's like the whole fifth book is basically about that, guess, right? And so, it's it's used so successfully there. And then I've seen it used other places not so successfully where it's too vague and mm-hmm. um it's not specific enough. And I think frankly Star Wars is an example of that. Like 
you know, yeah. not really necessarily defining what balance of the force means. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think another one that is used successfully though, because we were referencing it before Battlestar Galactica, like spoiler yeah, alert, even is. though the fourth season gets a little convoluted, like I thought the, the whole Kara Thrace angle and leading them to earth, you know, that, mm-hmm. that worked fairly well. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I have to remember exactly what the details of those prophecies are. Um, I think my only counter would be, could it have worked without that? Sure. Like I'm thinking, so for Star Wars specifically, let's bring it in the universe, like the whole chosen one prophecy, like the story of Anakin Skywalker could have been so successful and just as good if there wasn't some like random prophecy about the chosen one bringing balance to the force. Like what if Qui-Gon just took a liking to this kid for, because he was talented or he was strong in the force and just had, I don't know, like he doesn't need a prophecy to be like, this is why I'm going to protect Anakin and throw everything away. Like it just seems, I don't know. I think Star Wars is a unique example too, because it's, you know, when it was introduced, it was as a prequel. So what they ended up doing there Mm -hmm. was like taking events that we already knew that, you know, just in the context of like the original movies were fairly, they had big stakes, but they were fairly simple. It was a family dynamic and then added Mm -hmm. this whole like, galactic religious angle to it and it it feels a little convoluted when you do it in retrospect rather than that's always the intention um yeah but I, that's that's how i've always felt about it at least yeah. with phantom menace but i mean again i like i love mysticism like i love like all the weird force stuff and like the Force sisters and all that stuff so yeah. i don't know i will say that the the one benefit to having the prophecy behind anakin Mm-hmm. Is that you get the line, you are the chosen one. That's true. <laughs> if for no other reason, that's good payoff. That. Yeah, I take that <laughs> back. There's, our right. There's the one line. There's another little moment that I like in this episode um, that evidently Chava the Wise is wise enough to understand Chopper. And they're walking in and Chopper's just like, brum, 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 and she just goes, I'm not weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that he just has the goal to say that. Yeah. You're weird. <laughs> no fil- filterless child. It's like that. It's like that. Remember those kids in Master of None? Where they just mm-hmm. walk into the yeah, restaurant totally. and say the race of every person they see. Yeah. <laughs> like, no filter. Yeah. Um, so Chava explains that they were led to Hondo and then to Zeb by Ashla, which sounds a lot like the Force. Which I think we've uh, we've spoken about this in the Zeb deep dive, but. The original name that George Lucas was going to go for, for the light and the dark sides of the force, were Ashla and Bogan. Um, and then also, <laughs> that was going to be Ahsoka's name. Originally, when they were making the character, they were going to name her Ashla. And it's her nickname in the book. Yeah. Like, uh, it's her pseudonym in her novel. Yep. Um, I thought this was interesting that uh, in in the Rebels Recon, Pablo Hidalgo was saying that the Force is not something that the Sith and Jedi have exclusive access to. You can have a culture like the Lasat who have a spirituality to them, and they are able to do things that are mystical and magical, and that is their expression and connection to the Force. Um, and that reminds me a lot of The Last Jedi. Like Luke has yeah. that line where he says, that Force does not belong to the Jedi. Yeah, that's a good point. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, there's also a story um, in the Legends yeah. of Luke Skywalker book um, where he visited this planet called uh, Luel and speaks with the native Luelians um, because they're strong in the Force, so he kind of wants to learn what, they, what they're all about. Um, but they call it the Tide mm. because yeah. they're a water planet, so everything's all based on the Tide. Um, and he learns a very valuable lesson about giving yourself over to the tide and the force and that um another little easter egg is he also learns how to spearfish with a long pole and that's uh what we see him do in last jedi (laughs) that's my favorite part that might actually be my favorite part of that movie yeah i'm glad we had a book to explain how he learned it I love the mundane so much. I love just him like cooking and going mm-hmm. out and catching food. Like I could watch a whole movie of uh, just one one day in his life on that island. Yep. Like no speaking. It could be like an art film. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. 
Um, so back on the Callus's cruiser, Hondo reveals that he had a tracker placed in the comm that he gave Ezra, and he's happy to <laughs> do he, business yeah. with the Empire. After naturally asking for a uh, little bit of a reward first for getting <laughs> shot down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So cool. Um, so that's just a little quick sting to see what's up there, and then they're back on the ghost, and they start this ancient ritual. Zeb leaves, shaking his head, being a little pouty baby, and Ezra follows him to the room and confronts Zeb for being a dill hole. Um, there's actually, so before we get to the substance, there's another little Easter egg that I like. There's a magazine on a table in their room called Space Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. That's cool. There's also a line, uh, and I think it was yeah. before they got into Zeb's room. Where he's like, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be the child. And Ezra goes, oh, yeah, right. well, you're kind of acting like a child. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally skipped over all that stuff. So, we talked about the the child and warrior and fool prophecy. And I feel like they're trying to purposely make it be like, oh, so Hondo's the fool and Ezra's the child and Zeb's the warrior, obviously. Yeah. But then they're trying to do some sort of switcheroo. So, uh, she, Chava says that Zeb is actually the child of Lasan. Yeah, and there are many warriors and fools. So I, I thought there was going to be pouty about that. Yeah, and I thought there was going to be some connection for some reason to uh, the father, the son, and uh, the daughter. Because so many <laughs> of the, the prophecies Spirit. or mysticisms are like very, you mm-hmm. know, like the father, son, Holy Spirit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, also, I there was a line about them having to rebuild the you know Lasat world. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, okay, this is gonna get weird, but there, there's only one female Lasat that we know of. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, and I'm nervous. Well, just that you know, I don't want procreation happens a certain way. Hmm. Well, I mean, they said they said there's millions of Lasat on. Yeah, they said hands. that at the end. <laughs> okay, I got the In feeling the that that was news to Zeb, but not necessarily oh, yeah. Chava. Oh, okay. Okay, good All point. Right, because I think, because in Zeb's mind, was he like, yeah, there's only two of us guys? And... <laughs> oh, I get it. So, like, if he, assuming it's an empty planet, okay, they're going to drop him off. Then what? Yeah, totally. okay, that's, I'm just going to leave it there. We don't have to get into that. Okay, wait. I just, I want to go back to something you said because I just had a light bulb go off. So, the fool, the warrior, and the child are this Lasan prophecy. What if. The warrior is the son, the child is the daughter, and the fool is the father for trying to control everything. So what if it is a direct connection to the prophecy that we know about with the father, daughter, and the son? Hmm. This yeah. is just like we were talking about, you know, it's a different word of it. Like there. Uh, yeah, it's forced in a different same, name. Same God, different religion, man. You're blowing my mind. I think there's so <laughs> many things in Star Wars that are like three-sided like there's you know the mm-hmm. the light the dark and in the middle and then you know as you get deeper into rebels you start to see that you know triangular objects are important it's like i think the idea mm-hmm. of like three different points is just becoming a bigger idea in star wars yeah, yeah. and even with the sith i mean like you know it's like the it, they always say like always two there are but that's like total baloney it's always like three it's always like you, my apprentice, and my secret apprentice. Yeah, the apprentice always has one <laughs> yeah. off on the side waiting in the wings. Yeah, so there's really yeah. always three. Every- Even in Legends, like, they kind of established where, like, Darth Plagueis was still alive when Darth Maul was, you know, the apprentice to Darth Sidious. So, it's like no one was yeah. really playing by the rules. God, that's a that's a legend that I wish was never wiped. Uh, all the, the Plagueis book is so good. Yeah. I'm yeah. feeling they'll probably do something with it if I had to guess. I was good with yeah. all of it except for the whole Anakin made through Sith sorcery thing. Other than that, yeah. I was like, that was a pretty solid book. <laughs> oh, I loved that part. I thought it was so... It's a, I have this thing about things being so bad they go full circle to be good and that was one of them. Oh, so you must love the holiday <laughs> special then. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It's <laughs> one of the treasures of our universe. <laughs> oh, life day. Celebrate yeah. it. Um... So, we were, Ezra is chatting with Zeb and trying to console him, figure out why he's being a jerk. 
And Zeb reveals that as a captain of the honor guard, it was his duty to keep the royal family and every Lasat safe, which is a big task. Um, he fought yeah, to every the end. Lassat. I know every single Lasat. <laughs> um, he fought to the end and held the palace, but then a bomb went off, which knocked him unconscious. And he is ashamed that he failed his people, ashamed that they call him captain. Um, so that is why he's being a little cranky baby. Um, I also no, that's, wanted that's fair. He's got some pretty, pretty deep trauma. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't mean it dismissively. You know what? Sometimes I'm a cranky baby. Um, I also wanted to point out that there's a lot of horse sounds in this ritual that Chava's doing. Hmm, She's like, okay. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> it is weird. We are ready for your map. So Zeb feels a little better after the pep talk. So he pulls out his bow rifle and configures it. Quote, how the ancients used this it. This was cool. That yeah. was, that was awesome. Cause we've seen him carrying that around and we've known this is his bow rifle. And even Callus, you know, in the, in season one was like, you know, I knew you were mm-hmm. in the honor guard because of that bow rifle. So it's been referenced. So it's not coming out of nowhere. Um, and I like to see it like this. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so he configures it and then he touches tips with Chava's staff. Crosses streams. Yep. Never don't know. Don't cross the streams. Um, as they do that bolt of energy shoot out of his bow rifle and it reaches out to this planet that, uh, so chopper is projecting a star map and then a bunch of these arcs of electricity are touching a specific planet on the map. And so that is where Zeb says Lyrison is. Yeah. So from here on out, this is where the episode goes a bit south for me. <laughs> I don't, I know the force works in many ways, uh, but this is so, I don't know. Like, and then when he like, you know, plugs in his USB to the ship, <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah. all, it's, it just goes over the top for me that uh you know we have we have there's a spectrum in star wars where we have like pseudo scientific things all the way over to the other side where it's like the mysticism and the force and this lands somewhere past or in between science and mysticism and the force and i don't know it's all over the place see i was gonna I actually kind of like this part. That's okay. Because um, this this goes to kind of what I was saying. Like, I like mysticism. I just don't like prophecies. Like, I would actually prefer it if it was just weird stuff happening that leads well, him to this weird planet. Well, then it gets, like, weirdly evangelical where it's like, he is like, maybe not. Maybe that's the wrong word. <laughs> where he's like, you know, with his bow staff on the ship and, like, Canaan and Ezra, like, mm-hmm. touches back like they're praying for someone and i'm just like <laughs> i think you're looking too deeply into maybe that. i am god is my co-pilot yeah, yeah. Get a little too jesus jesus for me. take the wheel <laughs> um so yeah this know. is the most Battlestar galactica part of it and so i kind of like that um so what we're talking about so they get they have to jump they're going to lyrison but they have to suddenly jump out of hyperspace because they're blocked by an imploding star cluster the biggest one Hera has ever seen um and so they say if they get any closer the gravity field of all these imploded stars will destroy them chavez this is see this is another thing that annoys me chavez like oh this is the maze that was prophesized and it's like okay cool so there's just another thing in the prophecy you throw in and i think it's like like like, even zev had that reaction of like you could have told us that before (laughs) i know it's like you couldn't have like googled that like (laughs) give me the full prophecy so we're prepared right um, and he's like, you prophecy types always make something up like this. Like, yeah, you know what? I agree. I'm on Zeb's side with this one. Um, but as they're trying to figure out what to do, Callus jumps into their space and traps them in between his ship and their, the imploding star cluster because Hondo led them there. Mm. So this is where we get all weird and mystical. All the stuff Mike was was referencing so instead of giving up they decide jeb jams his electrified staff into the console of the 
ghost, which it's really handy that they have a little yeah USB socket for that. Um, and these weird like electric like shielding, like electric bolts just start coming out of everywhere yeah. on the ship and they go for it. They go through the star cluster. Um, visually, yeah. I thought this was awesome too. Yeah. And the music and mm -hmm. yeah, this is where the music gets really cool. Very Battlestar Galactica, like one note violins and things like that. And the Battlestar very, vibe yeah. is why I was like kind of cool with, you know, like stabbing the staff into the console and the mix of like the, mm -hmm. the religion and the science. It's because I remember, again, spoiler alert, going back to like the ending of Battlestar Galactica, where the coordinates to Earth are like the medley from all along the watchtower. Oh, so it's like, yeah. I've seen this mm. kind of like weird pseudo thing before and mm -hmm. I'm cool with it. Mm. Yeah, totally. And just like even not even the, the mysticism stuff, kind of the science of how the gravity works in the star cluster mm. is really cool. So Callus doesn't want to get too close to it. So he sends fighters out, which is cold. And they just instantly get torn apart and it's just kind of, kind of well visually directed. Like it's a really cool little, I don't know, just seeing the TIE fighters get ripped apart and then they start shooting their blaster bolts at them and the gravity mm. is actually pulling the bolts away from yeah. the ghost. Which I thought cool. was a cool touch. It is cool. I, do you know what's so weird is, um, what's, do you remember the name of Callus's ship? Um, um, not the interceptor uh, no i don't remember offhand yeah there's a weird ratio thing when he goes launch the fighters and these two tie fighters come out of his ship mm -hmm. if you pause it right when this tie fighters this is i don't know why i did this right when they come out of the ship they look comparatively on a scale <laughs> like they don't fit in his ship huh like the two tie fighters i'm like if that's the actual ratio like if that's the scale only like three TIE fighters could fit in that ship. Yeah. I don't know why I like, I paused right there and had a weird moment. I don't know. You should check it out. Yeah, it's at, uh, it's at 1731. If, you, if for some reason you have the show open, it's at 1731. And I kept thinking that is such a weird scale ratio. Yeah. I'm going to look it up real quick because it is one of those like Arquian class. Yeah. Creators. So it should be huge, right? No, those are tiny. Those oh. are not like tiny. They're not like Star Destroyers. They're like small. So I think I, I think we read this. Like I do think they have a small, like only a couple fighters are in them. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I'm gonna call a timeout and look it up on Wikipedia. Nice. So it can hold up to three tie line starfighters. Okay, and then it makes sense. Yep. So okay. it is a pretty small ship. It's three hundred and twenty-five meters. Okay. I, that's really small that is yeah, that's super small okay so that yeah. makes sense then so now that i know that yep um so the other the weird thing i will i the, i did uh kind of raise my eyebrow with this part of it so they're kind of doing the whole going into the energy field and they're being shielded by the lightning but then it looks like the energy bolts are coming off of zeb's staff and pressing buttons on the console at that point, I'm like, okay, whatever. Because he's like, I think Harris is like, oh, they're booting up the hard or the hyperdrive. And you see like lightning bolts be like, boop, 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 like putting in coordinates. <laughs> the energy basically okay. took over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they do go. Callus says, we're going to do a full retreat. I'm going to watch them go to their death. And then they do a hyperspace jump right into the heart of the cluster. And that's how the episode ends. They're all dead. <laughs> End of the series. Bye, everyone. It was a darker series finale than I was expecting. I really thought we were going to see the Rebel Alliance kind of coming to be here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in reality, the ghost emerges on the other end. Everyone is kind of knocked out. They're they're unconscious, and they are coming up on a mysterious new planet. They found Lyrison. Yeah, and. Yeah interesting touch that it's always been inhabited that's where they that's their original home world mm -hmm. i like that again super cool. battlestar galactica super battlestar yeah. um, um which is okay yeah but so zeb um returns he was on the phantom going to the planet he returns and tells them that there are the, he doesn't say it in the episode, but in my research, it pointed out that there were are, there are already millions of Lasat on that planet. So it's 
heavily populated. Yeah, it's like overpopulated. <laughs> yeah. They're like, listen, we can't take anymore. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Chava. Get out of here. Beat it. Um, But Hera mentions now that they have gone through the little portal thing, they have officially charted the system and can return whenever they want. So Zeb pledges to find more Lasat and bring mm, them back. It's to like Arisat. unlocking a new flight path in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Now you can <laughs> yeah. use it. Totally. I get it. Got yeah. it. Cool. Um, it is kind of interesting that he wouldn't stay, though. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is his family. It's not that weird. It's, he's, yeah. it's like, I don't and know. And it's also like he, you know, the there may be a lot of Lasat left after all, but like he still has unfinished business with the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, um, I will say one thing about Zeb, my final thought on Zeb, and I don't know why I didn't notice it until this episode. It's weird that he has no iris, just a pupil. <laughs> Green scalera, black never, pupil, no iris. I never noticed that. It was that. glaring. It was so weird in this episode to me. I was like, I couldn't stop seeing it. Just as a pupil in the middle of a green scalera. Does he have cat eyes? I don't remember. No. Okay, it's just, just a, just a black dot in the middle of a green huh. eyeball. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Does anyone have any other notes before we close it out? Well, I don't think, I don't so. think so. Cool. Perfect. All right. Well, how we end every episode is on a grading scale um, where we base each episode on our current favorite thing in Star Wars to our current least favorite thing in Star Wars. And then we um, rank the moment somewhere in between. Um, So for this episode, Peter, do you want to give your scale? Sure. Currently, my favorite thing in Star Wars right now is the throne room battle um in the last jedi um never seen it (laughs) uh i almost bought a kylo ren force effects lightsaber yesterday by the way that's cool yeah um my least favorite thing though is the 1997 hit jizz song added onto the special edition of return of the jedi called jedi rocks between this those two things i give this episode midi-chlorians um, no because like no you can't why are you do you really yeah why that's weird that's what i wrote down <laughs> the ashla moves in mysterious ways <laughs> Oh, my bogan. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I was just saying, like, you know, they're midichlorians. I'm not like that, especially now that I've really thought about it. I'm not that offended by, by, by them, and there's some cool stuff in there. But, like, do we really need that stuff explained? Like, well, it's like, kind of how yeah. I felt about this episode. So, for me, it's kind of like a C plus. Like, yeah, Okay. Wow, that's really weird because <laughs> my scale is based on my current favorite thing being the death of Yoda on Dagobah. Mm-hmm. This very poetic moment where the lights go out to... Han Solo got his last name from an Imperial. I ranked this episode midichlorians, <laughs> Qui-Gon explaining midichlorians because I thought it was an odd inclusion into the Force world. Um, <laughs> and I gave that a C. That is rude. This is the first time we've ever come close and let alone directly the same. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Weird. All right. So, tell us of what you ranked it on midichlorians, Brandon. So, first of all, before I give my ranking, I just want to say, because you mentioned, I'm not going to say the word, but because you mentioned the Star Wars name for space jazz, I just want to say, like, even though we didn't come up with that, it's so unfortunate that, like, one of the most shared pages on Wikipedia is that page for the worst reasons possible. I'm like, oh, every time I see that, I just just want to find out who made that name and ask him, why? Why did you do that? There were so many other options. Oh, no. I didn't even think about like the bad you the bad people using it on the internet. I'm sure yep. there's some very it's, uh, oh. it's, it's got some fans on like Reddit, 4chan, you know, the kinds of places oh, you'd expect. Oh no. Um, but I just thought it was a fun fact. 
<laughs> feel free to cut this um but <laughs> no, it's all right so i would rank it uh one of my favorite things is that 20 minutes in the holiday special where they're just speaking in <laughs> shriwook and mm. no english whatsoever yes. um and i would say that my least favorite thing i would also probably have to go with han solo getting his name from an imperial and i'd rank it yeah. as a porg which is like a solid b plus okay all right cool awesome <laughs> thanks because it's like it's um, that thing you you're not sure if it's going to work or not and you know it does <laughs> yeah it worked yeah that could have that could have gone yeah. wrong very quickly <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you for um, having me. It was, this was great. Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? What, what would you like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Wikipedia. You can find me on fandom. I'm on Twitter <laughs> as the Brandon Ray. Um, Cause there's, there's many of us, but I'm, you know, I'm number one um, <laughs> and that's Ray R H E A. So feel free to follow. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much. Um, this is just a reminder if you like the show or you want us to read a message out or email us or whatever the best way to do that is to leave an itunes review for us and make sure you write something in the review section and we will read that on a bonus episode or a deep dive you can also find us at rebels rebels pod on instagram or twitter or email us at rebels rebels pod at gmail.com yeah and until next time remember to be brave and don't look back don't look back bye bye See ya. <laughs>